hello and welcome to another episode of Open World Chat. I am your host, John Odom, and I and your co-host, Jim Dandino, are actually off on a bender this week, so instead we're giving you this blast from the past. Back at the beginning of the show with my former co-host, Leanne Allen, we had the great joy of interviewing Star Trek's Tuvok, Mr. Tim Russ himself, and we talked for at least an hour and a half about well, initially diversity in Star Trek, but we kind of went off the rails. So this is a compilation of the best bits of the conversation that we had back then and with better sound because, oh my God, that old version is unlistenable. It is there though, if this is interesting and you want to go back and hear the whole thing, just click back into our archives and you'll find it there near the very beginning. But in the meantime, here are the greatest hits from that conversation. I thought of contacting you originally was I was actually having a conversation with, at the kitchen table with my family. We were mm-hmm. talking about the the various new Spocks and, uh, yeah. you know, uh, that are out there and, um, you know, they're doing a terrific job. And I said, you know, that it was a, it was a shame that you essentially were already taken in the Vulcan role because right. you do something that with all due respect to all these other folks who have played Vulcans, you know, I love them to death. I'm a big fanboy. But since, um, you and, and Nimoy, frankly, uh, are the only ones who wear Vulcan like a, you're putting on a shirt or something. I mean, I, you know, I think a lot of actors, you get this with accents sometimes, right? Right. There's some actors who can just, you know, put on the accent like they own it and act right there. And some who have to work at it a little bit and you can feel they're acting through the accent Mm -hmm. can be a little distancing, Mm -hmm. but you know, you just came off like you woke up Vulcan, went to bed Vulcan. And you just, it was, it was so easy. You were right there. And I swear to God, only Nimoy has has done that. You could say Mark Leonard, but I've looked at the other stuff that he's done, and he was terrific, but he was kind of Mark Leonard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it yeah. just was a good fit for him. Um, yeah. But uh, no, you're, you're terrific that way. It's just extraordinary. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, it's uh, the, the, uh, the, the, you know, coming into the, the role, uh, what I basically did was just took a, 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 an amalgam of all of the uh, – uh, the Vulcans that I had seen, you know, maybe in a couple of movies or, or on the, sh- on the show and sort of put them together, uh, to, to give the, the character a foundation because, you know, the very first thing you see on the screen when the show starts is that character walking through the door and, and speaking and doing whatever. And that part of it has to be believable if the character's already been established. If the character was not established, I mean, Leonard Dean Boy had to establish this character and, and layer, put the layers on the character to make, uh, to bring the character to life, you know, from scratch. Um, he was probably given a template, obviously given a description, but he had to bring all the extras into it. And, and, um, I, I had to carry the torch. I had to carry the baton. So I've got to get that part right. Mm-hmm. I've got to, I've got to play that because the people who are watching the show are already familiar with his character. So I've got to come in and at least be as solid as what he was doing, uh, right off the bat. And then the writers can uh, bring in the stories that will flesh the character out over the series. And that's basically how it works. Well, it was a damn lucky thing that they, they knew you already had a relationship, I guess, with them from a couple other roles. Because, oh, uh, yeah, boy, yeah. They hit the jackpot. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, and it's also, you know, I mean, it, it also comes down to the main, look, if I, if I'd walked in, you know, if I had been, uh, you know, uh, five foot two and, and 230 pounds with a, a you know, a, 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 a Detroit dialect, I wouldn't have played the role. I mean, that's just what it would have come down to. So, uh, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to, to not have any, uh, dialect regional or otherwise, which was, you know, essential to make that character believable because he's an alien. Right. So, um, and I was just, my parents don't have dialect either. So I wasn't raised wrong. and I wasn't raised in the city. I was raised in air force bases. So I never had a, a, an impression of anybody's dialect from anywhere because I was never in one place more than a couple of years. <clears throat> and I have the height and I have the build hmm. for this character. Um, the attitude. Yeah. There may be some of that in there as well. You know, that, uh, you know, the friends of mine accuse me of being, you know, not dissimilar from that character as it is anyway. So that <laughs> well, probably helped also. There, there are worse things that could be said about somebody, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, one thing that struck me about the character who I love, you know, as far as um, that a Vulcan entity that you bring something to the character like a comfort with the whole concept of just being part of Starfleet. This is who you are. And it's unlike Spock or really any of the other Vulcan characters where they seem to be aware of their um, almost being a foreigner right. in the Starfleet world, but you don't seem to bring that to your character. Yeah, no, I think the whole concept of Starfleet being what it is, you know, is, is humans and aliens you know, uh, working together. And that's what the whole, you know, the whole, you know, concept of the thing is, has been from day one is that, uh, you know, as, as Roddenberry demonstrated, that's, that's what, you know, our world is. We have multicultural, um, interactions and things with business and with, uh, other aspects of our lives, you know, every day in most places, especially the big cities. And, and that's just the way things are going to be even farther into the future. And uh, obviously he does the same thing. So is the aspect of being quote unquote foreign or being different outside, it doesn't in the, in the Star Trek world, it doesn't matter. And that's what the appeal is to the show in the first place. You know, mm -hmm. the, the people who are devoted fans, you know, uh, you know, look to the future as being something where people are not judged by their, their, their look, their ethnicity, their uh, cultural identity. They're not judged by any of those things. And, it's just another person working together side by side in a project or on a mission. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I love the way you really brought that into your role. That, that was great. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's, you know, <laughs> obviously there's a, you know, he's, he's going to have a difference of opinion as far as you know, how gregarious he might be or the people around him might be, as it were, he might comment on that from time to time, but uh, that's the nature of, of, the, of that character. I mean, that's the that's what makes the 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 the, the whole entire uh, crew uh, the the cast makes it more interesting and more dynamic. If you don't have some of those uh, colors going on in there, of of my um, uh, let's say a very uh, muted lack of tolerance for you know the the more gregarious and human like qualities around me. So. You know. <laughs> Well, it's great that you brought up Roddenberry because that's a perfect segue. Of course, you know, we want to, we're hoping you'd come on and, and help us do a little analysis of, uh, of race in Star Trek historically. And it's a, obviously a multi-generational 
uh, mm-hmm. franchise, um, yeah. and multi-generate, you know, the generations come with their own cultures and their own baggage. And, um, you know, I look back at the original series and Star Trek gets a lot of credit. And I say this is a massive fanboy, um, you know, for its, its, its progressive vision, you know, famously when, uh, Nichelle Nichols was talking about leaving Martin Luther King asked her to stay because that representation oh. was important. On the other hand, you had, you know, she's a very small role and her, her, you know, there were signs that they might want to really fill out her character, but then she got relegated to the background a lot. And so I, I almost wonder if maybe the original Star Trek gets a little too much credit for that because it, you, there, it did have contemporaries, you know, you had Mission Impossible, you had I Spy that, 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 you know, actually featured primary characters, right. um, you know, who were, who were characters of color and were more fully realized. You ever get a sense that maybe Star Trek gets a little more of a, a little more kudos than it deserved? Um, no, I don't think, <clears throat> I don't think so. I think that, you know, um, given, given that time, the reason MLK mentioned to her about that was at the time you did not see uh, African-American characters on hardly any shows to begin with at all, much less in a role that uh, portrayed uh, them as in a status position like an officer on the bridge. That was an officer on the bridge of a ship, you know, and you just didn't see it. You didn't see it anywhere. And um, that was the reason he said that to her was because uh, of the fact that, that, that those, those roles were, were rare and, and hardly ever seen at all. So her being there as an officer on the bridge, the point is that she's an officer on the bridge of a ship. So let's take the ship and put it, make it a battleship on the, on the high seas. Same thing. That, that was non-existent back at that time. And, uh, so for her to, for her to be portrayed on television as that character, um, that starts to, it starts to get into the psyche and the subconscious of the people who are watching it. Uh, she's just as, as much an officer, which is not a, a, an ensign or a cadet. She's an officer. So she is a, a member of rank on, on the bridge. And that's important. Albeit her job being a communications officer, she's a communications officer. That's what they have on regular ships. And, uh, there's a bozeman. There's somebody going to steer the ship. Somebody's going to do this. Somebody's going to do that. And they're all the radar operators, whatever. They're all, they can be officers. And that's the point. It's the fact she's an officer on the bridge. That's what's important. Not whether she has major scenes every episode or not. That's just not the way it works. I mean, Sulu didn't have huge scenes every every episode. Everybody was the only people that had the biggest ones were the primary key characters. And all, so be it. But those other officers on the bridge, it was Sulu, or the Chekhov, whether it was uh, Uhura, they all had status. Mm-hmm. Um, and and <clears throat> and hers in particular. So <clears throat> so it was important that 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 image be portrayed at that point in time. When it simply did not exist, you know, uh, as an example, right now, um, you can turn your television on and watch commercials that show interracial couples. I did not grow up with that. And neither did you. Right. Interracial couples on commercials. A lot of them. Okay. Yeah. Not just one or two. There's a bunch that was never on before. You never saw it. You never saw it in movies. You never saw it in TV shows. Did not exist. They would not put that on because the majority of the country just for selling products, they didn't feel is going to, is going to turn them off. They want to sell it to everybody. Now it's changing. Now you see them all over the place. And that is going to creep into the psyche of the people watching it as being normal. Mm-hmm. Nothing unusual. Nothing to see here. And the younger people growing up are going to see it. Nothing to see here. So there won't be that kind of thing. That is changing. 
I'm sure, to the consternation of some people in this country. But that's the way it works. Um, and 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 it, and and that's you know, even though the very first case, the actual case of that wasn't was in the 60s, late 60s, with the Loving case that was brought to national attention. You know, the, the the point is that they never they still never showed that kind of thing on television and film. And now they do. So her being on the bridge, definitely a mark forward, definitely a big deal. Um, you could count on one hand the number of shows that had key African American players in it that there were there were serious projects. So yeah, just her being there is, was a big deal at that time. Yeah, you actually mentioning the generational thing. We earlier had been talking about um, kind of the sci fi world and the representation of women in mm-hmm. there. And you know, I've got kids who are now in their twenties, and they have grown up with right. that world. And so for them, it's completely normal. You know, it's not a controversy to go to a movie where there's a female character who's the lead in a sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. And I love thinking of the fact that the next generation is going to come up and it's not going to be a thing that you know, there are people who have different skin colors in different roles and great. You know, I love exactly. That. Exactly. So it's, yeah, it's, it makes a huge difference what people see. Um, because that's the medium. Mm-hmm. I mean, we change, you know, as, as soon as, as soon as uh, a, an actress on a big show wears a certain hairstyle or the, or the first lady wears a certain hairstyle, all of a sudden you start seeing the same hairstyles everywhere. You know, a rap star does something and everybody's, you know, doing the same thing. It's, it, mm-hmm. it, it's, that thing is so pervasive. It's so infectious. Um, because it's our, you know, it, 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 it's, it shows what the current pop culture is and whatever it might be. And, People want to emulate that. That's what it does. I mean, it, it, whether you know, it, there's life imita- imitating art or art imitating life. Man, it's you, you can't tell the difference. It, it goes both ways, you know, and it, when it works in both directions. So, yeah, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're in a unique sort of place to to see that happening, and 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 you know, in the whole process of of Star Trek specifically, mm-hmm. but then obviously, you know, the the rest of the world because of your role. You know, right. there was in the primarily white fan base, there was a lot of talk. I remember about the Black Vulcan, mm-hmm. which yeah. now in retrospect. You know, I don't think anybody thinks twice about um, in, right. in that fan base. But, you know, that must have been an interesting experience because that, that makes you uniquely transitional in the exact process you were talking about. 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, here again. You know, Roddenberry's goal was to break barriers. And um, he never stopped after Michelle. You know, he never stopped after having an Asian American on the bridge at the same time she was there. That was un- unheard of. He never saw it. So, um, and, uh, and so he, he, his, his goal was to break barriers in every one of these series he did. And, um, and, and after he passed away, his predecessors did the same thing. The concept stayed the same. And, and, you know, how, you know, uh, 
How insanely logical is that? I mean, obviously, obviously in the future, <laughs> in the future, it takes place three centuries in the future. And how much have we transitioned in the last 60 years? How far have we come in 60 years? Mm -hmm. And how far will we come in 360 years? Come on, give me a break. So obviously, obviously, those things are not going to be the same as they are today. You know, uh, even though there are things that are different today. There are women flying fighter jets off of aircraft carriers. Hello? Okay. You wouldn't have had that if you didn't have the transitions, if you didn't have the opening and the, the consciousness and awarenesses of, of, of things socially and politically and also through the television, as it were, to bring these things out, the stories they, that, caught, that, again, get people to see things differently. And, uh, you know, somebody who's a, a Trek, you know, devotee, you know, it's an oxymoron for them to come up and say, you know, how can there be a black bulk in us? Do you, do you watch your own show? <laughs> you know, are you aware of the concept of the show that you so emphatically, you know, support and, and are rapidly a pop, a fan of? Uh, infinite diversity and infinite combinations is actually what Spock would say. Infinite diversity and infinite combinations. What does that mean? Hello? Uh, Vulcan has two suns, not one. So what's the temperature? What's the temperature like on the equ equator of that planet? Mm. Come on. Oh, and by the way, does everybody on Earth look the same? Uh, duh. You know, right. I mean, people just, if people just think about two and a half minutes off their nose, you know, before they, you know, react to things, but just put it together with some kind of, you know, nuts and bolts, you could figure that out. Why not? Why wouldn't there be someone who looks different on the planet? The same way that evolution has changed the way we look on this planet. I always, you know, felt watching this, and it's obviously all from outside here. I've got, I've got my own little, you know, white experience here. Mm -hmm. um, but that Star Trek had a tendency to be somewhat reductivist, maybe even more in Next Generation than, than the original, interestingly, with essentially some of their analogs for race, like uh, Klingons, you know, they're an entire planet, you know, as, as you're talking about all kinds of, it's going to be different cultures, different, different types, but they're all kind of cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. um, and if that isn't, you know, a little bit suggestive of, of maybe some of the attitudes that were kind of built in. I mean, you know, the future looks like a very white place under Gene mm -hmm. Roddenberry and mm -hmm. uh, you know, was there a conversation that had to go on, you know, um, among these developing creators? Did Star Trek need to outlive Gene Roddenberry? And that's a t touchy question. Well, I, you know, that's, um, I know that when uh, Voyager took off, we, our concept was, you know, our concept was, was in, in unexplored space. So we had a whole slew of alien characters coming through this, uh, through the portals, as it were. I mean, we, our stories involved all kinds of cultures and people. And in fact, um, and none of them looked the same. They were all quite different. There was diversity up the wazoo. Mm -hmm. Um, and in fact, one of the stories had to do with, um, with branding people in the way that they look by making it look as if they were the ones who they were the aggressors when it turns out that the people who looked like human beings were in fact the aggressor, the aggressors. We did that twist. It's a classic Roddenberry type twist in a story where, uh, Chakotay's character is, 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 uh, has amnesia and he's, 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 he's rescued by these, uh, this group of uh, human, humans in this town or village. 
and they, you know, bring him into the fold as a revolutionary, a rebel, uh, an underground fighting group against these evil alien creatures who are marauding and and violent and, uh, you know, call, kinds of problems for them. And, of course, the aliens look like they're horrific looking. I mean, they look like the Predator. And so we're watching the show thinking, yeah, those guys got to be the bad guys. Well, it turns out the bad guys are the humans. The ones that are marauding and the ones that are plaguing, the ones that are, you know, raiding and, and, and really giving the, 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 the other side a hard time are the humans. It's the humans that are doing it. The other guys are the ones that are trying to defend themselves. This is what, this is what, you know, Gene stood out to be. This is the, the perceptions issue of, 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 in this case is alien races, but it, it, it's a personification of, of the human race as well. You know, we demonize other cultures on this planet just simply because they don't believe in the same thing we believe in or because they look different. And that's been the case since day one. We're going through it now in this country here. We have complete polarization. We have complete and utter polarization. We're actually going through what we already went through in the 1960s all over again. I mean, what have we learned? We haven't learned anything. Hmm. Um, it's so ingrained. And, um, and all of that is, is just a matter of perception. Um, pure and simple. And I think that, that on Voyager in particular, we introduced a lot of alien cultures. We introduced a ton of them, um, on our series because we could. And, um, and, and, and there were a lot of stories in which we, we just misinterpreted what, what they were doing or what they were all about or, or, you know, the, the, my, the episode Innocence with the young children who were, left on this planet alone and they're supposed to die and whatever. And we think, Oh my God, what a horrible race of people to do that to their children. Well, the children were getting older. They would get younger. They would look younger as they got older. So they would age in reverse and, but they're actually very, very, they're elderly, but they look like little kids. Mm -hmm. We don't find that out until later because you don't understand you are putting your perceptions onto someone else and you don't see how that works. You don't understand how this culture works and that culture works. You know, um, the, the, there's, there's several episodes, even in the other series, there were some good episodes that dealt with like Toss, for example, the, the, the character who's running, uh, being chased by uh, another uh, uh, individual from his planet, uh, being chased like a rabbit. It's a hunt. And our folks on the, on the, uh, on the ship, um, are trying to understand why, you know, he wants to be, he doesn't want a safe haven. He wants to, he wants to keep running. He has to keep running. He has to be chased. And they just can't understand why he doesn't want to, you know, take their, their protection from being chased. And it turns out that's what his culture is all about. His culture was about being the rabbit. And the other culture was about, about the chase. And the longer the chase went, the more status he gets in his society and amongst his people. He becomes a hero if he can stretch that, that's, that chase out to a certain length, like the longer the better. So he has to run, and the other one has to chase. And, it's, and the other one fails at their duty if, if, if the chase ends by somebody else holding him while he catches him. That's not a, that's not a capture. That's not a chase. That's nothing. So both sides fail if he's not, if they're not able to do what they're supposed to do. We can't understand. That doesn't make any sense to us. <laughs> you know, that's what he kept, they kept 
Roddenberry kept doing over and over and over is, is, is shaking the perceptions of, of these races and, 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 and assuming that because you look like a certain way that you're going to be a certain way when you're not. And the, the fact that you're doing certain things that don't make sense, you have to figure it out and then realize, oh, that's what it is. Oh, well, I, I see now. So, yeah, we had a lot of different cultures. And I think that 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 even opened up the concept uh, of, of of our interaction with races and different cultures um, more so than the other shows did, because we had under, we had unex, unexplored space, which was great for us. You know, story wise, we can go on for days, you know, so, <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, th- this is why I'm on the uh, uh, this constant uh, uh, argument, no, not argument, but just sort of friendly banter with a friend of mine who is, you know, Team Deep Space Nine, and I'm Team Voyager. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes more of a, um, you know, the concept is important. Um, your foundation is important, and it's not just uh, Star Trek, but. You know, I mean, you see all the billboards for, for episodic. When you're doing episodic series, you're trying to stretch this concept out over, you know, years. And in order to do that, you have to have a really solid foundation. You've got to have a really solid base in order to give you the stories that you want. If the base is not that solid, now you're going to have to start stretching things to make it work. You're going to have to start expanding things to give you an option. That's why they put the wormhole next to the space station, because you have to have, <laughs> you need an influx of storylines and people coming through and issues to deal with and whatever it might be. You can't do that without having, you know, a foundation. Our foundation in the original series foundation was unexplored space. Mm-hmm. That's the very first thing that the opening says. We're chart, you're, you're exploring. You're discovering new phenomenon. You're discovering new cultures and, and races. And thus you have stories. You are going to have any kind of stories you want. Just want to make sure that I mentioned that, uh, my kids got introduced to character of Tuvok and then pulled into Voyager because of a elite force. Oh, yes. Elite force. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah. And in fact, you know, they're older now, but we just a couple weeks ago, you know, they're like, I want to play that. And we've got a a Windows XP emulator on our computer just so they can go back and play Elite Force. So So they can go back in time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Technologically, as it were, Uh, because Elite Force is now now approaching the the age of the dinosaurs. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) You know, I just tossed out, I don't know, I had a bookcase. I was moving and I tossed out all, I had a whole entire rack of stuff in that bookcase that was, all of it was obsolete completely obsolete like beyond obsolete <laughs> um the layers of dust on it could tell the story nothing none of that stuff was working anymore and i remember when it used to I remember i used to rely on it for whatever reason not anymore you know uh, there isn't even a disc player built into the computers anymore so that's that's that you know it, 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 it's interesting that there's a couple of things they could do on discovery i think that would be fascinating um, you know, in terms of, uh, of what we're going through now, they could do a pandemic story, which would be fascinating. Um, they could certainly do that as an episode right now. They could do one on, on, the, on the obsolescence of technology or the changing of, of a culture going through these massive changes. Mm. And that's an episode right there. And what are the consequences? What are the pitfalls? What are the, th- you know, how do people re- react to and deal with? What's the, what's the, um, 
potential cataclysm for that. And, and that could be a very cool episode for, uh, for Discovery or one of the other shows like that. I think is fascinating. They could, they could, you know, the, the, the shows typically, like I said, television, sometimes it's a tug of war between whether or not the TV is, uh, that, 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 that art is a word is, is imitating life or that uh, life is imitating the art that's coming out. And, and I think that there's a lot of opportunity for the, the art to imitate what's really going on, to take these stories, to take these, these kinds of things and put them on the screen. I mean, we are, we have just lived through what could have, what would have been a movie. And, you know, right. you know, that is, of course, if a studio would buy it, which they wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, they'd say, get the hell out of here. You know, who's next? Um, you know, we're not going to, there's no way that, there's no way that's going to happen. No, there's no way. Get out of here. Go away. Uh, go learn how to write. Um, <laughs> right. No, no. We lived through something that would have been a movie. Hmm. That, that's basically it. We, we literally lived through something that could have been a movie. Look, man. I feel like I'm feeling a little guilty here. We've taken so much more of your time than I than I promised we would. I don't want to overstay oh, our right. welcome here. No worries. We lost a little time at the front because of mm. that stupid Zoom. But, uh, <laughs> I found, it's a good thing because I'll, all I'm doing all day today is Zooming. I have uh, I have another mentor meeting after this, and then I have an entire read through of a Broadway musical after that. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Yes. I'm going to be on this thing until six o'clock or six 30 tonight. I'm going to be sitting here looking at the oh, screen. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how thrilled I am about all of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would have started drinking by now if I were you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that will be later. Yeah. <laughs> Except that I got to read, I got to read lines. I'm like, I'm a character. So. I'll help you ad lib, you know? Yeah. It might get in the way. <laughs> I will say that the platform, at least, you know, when you got all the, the, the we got it all dialed in, it does work pretty well. I mean, I've been using this thing all year long, along with half the planet, pretty much. Yeah, and mm. apparently, given the the way in which the pandemic has affected everybody, it, we're going to be seeing a lot more of it, uh, even when things get back to normal. As businesses yep. realize, they don't have to go back to the building anymore, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, I've already been told that I am not coming back into the building. <laughs> yep. Right there, <laughs> a, a, a major change and shift in our society because of a stupid virus. Yeah. Yeah. Just yep. that quickly and easily. And imagine what the the, 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 the dollar count is going to be in the savings to all these businesses in the billions, yeah. in the billions. If they're not going back into the office to sit at a computer in a cubicle, which you don't need to do. Right. And as the president has talked about, the key to doing that is broadband infrastructure, which we should have <laughs> across the board, along with the stupid cell phone infrastructure. That shit mm -hmm. is yep. still not working. I literally live in a house with no cell coverage, and we have a DSL that gets one up and 0.5 down. This I'm is the problem. I'm coming a little yeah. tiny booth <laughs> in a, a working space. I'm in the middle of Los Angeles. I can go three blocks that way and lose a signal. So, oh man, uh, you know, Damn. you can go to if you go to Europe. I was in Iceland working on a project, and I was on the eastern side of Iceland, which is just tundra, uh, glaciers, yep. and some sheep farms. And I had five bars LTE on my phone. Okay. No problem. No problem. Thinking wow. when I was going over there that, oh my God, I'm going to have 12 minutes in the hotel with maybe some internet. I can get a hold of everybody at the end of the day. Nope. 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 We are driving in tundra. In tundra. There's nothing there. There's not even a bush. It's just flat tundra and ice fields. No problem. 
in Iceland <laughs> because their government sees it important to have infrastructure yeah. for broadband and for your cell phone. You should have it. In Europe, you the mobile phones, they've had, they've been ahead of us for decades. Decades yep. they've been ahead of us. Yep. We're still, I don't know what this is and what they're charging every month for this garbage, which it is garbage, <laughs> comparatively. I'm sorry. that That's that's bullshit. And that needs to change. Okay. Yep. I, don't, I don't give a fuck what they're talking about as far as money and how much this and how much that. Take a fucking seat over here, man. You know, right. just take a, give me a goddamn break. All right. You can buy your fourth yacht maybe next year instead of this year. Don't, right. don't fucking cry me a goddamn river about your fucking income. We need to have, be able to communicate with everybody from here to fucking Timbuktu yeah. in, a, in a second from any place. I don't care if it's goddamn cave underground. We should be able to do that. Give me yep. a fucking break. I'm sorry. Yeah. It pisses me off, man. These people are nothing but a goddamn corporate whore. I'm with you, man. Oh, you know, oh absolutely. And the broadband, same thing. Every fucking square inch of this place. How in the hell are you going to do commerce? Are we doing commerce electronically, digitally? Are we? Are we not? Yes, we are. <laughs> this is the fucking world. Yeah. This is the world. China's about yep. eight miles ahead of us in that shit. Europe's 20 yep. miles ahead of us. What are we doing? Yep. Fucking unbelievable, man. And they'll yep. sit there on their goddamn hands because they kiss ant don't like the person. They, you, know, yep. you can't piss me off more than anything i swear to god hey yep. man i'm yep. in vermont so we're i mean it's basically soup cans and string up here for communication uh, so yeah. it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah. man it's ridiculous just put the fiber optics in put the towers in mm -hmm. let's do this yep. god damn it man yeah. yep. somebody Even somebody more, somewhere fiber literally running past my house like okay ready i am on the broadband committee for one vermont town and i just moved to a different vermont town and I moved where I moved because I knew there was fiber past the house. Yeah. <laughs> it's not lit. They have to wait for a federal grant to actually put in the infrastructure to, to light, light it the up. fiber. It's <laughs> already there. Right past my house. Oh, God. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, hopefully, I mean, they're trying to do it now. That, that was on the list of this thing. Yeah. Yep. You know, if we can convince the other jackass party to 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 actually do anything and uh realize that infrastructure has to include cell towers and broadband that's what yep. infrastructure it's 2021 mm -hmm. for yep. god's sakes folks it's not the 1950s you know with a television with a dial on it come on man rabbit ears and your little brother oh, holding it. fuck's sake man i wish they just can go back to that time and leave us you know seriously <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's just it's maddening you know, when you and I, we can all sit there and we can see it as plain as a nose on our face and, and nobody else wants to wants to admit it or do anything about it or realize what's happening. I just yep. it's phenomenal to me. It really is uh, fine. You know what? Uh, as I tell them, I got mine. I'm not worried about it. OK, yeah. I got mine. I'll do what I can to get through it. And that'll be it. They can languish in there forever, forever as far as I'm concerned. They'll, one of these fucking days, they'll realize, wake mm -hmm. up and realize what it is. And what the hell's going on? You know, yep. maybe a few more young people instead of the dinosaurs in charge. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's the I got mine culture. It's yeah, considered a mine. virtue now. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> an absolute fucking nightmare, man. That's what it is. Nightmare. Pisses me off like, no, don't go to my Twitter page. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> oh, hell, I'm following like, it now. Oh, <laughs> I, I will go off on that all the time. I have to work. Worry about losing work because of that shit, probably. You know? <laughs> Is it? Oh, wait a minute. You see his Twitter page? Yeah. 
Yeah, I do go off. I'll make a comment or two every once in a while. Yeah, more power to you. Thanks again for listening. Jim and I will be back in two weeks with all sorts of fun things. 